Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another uh, special episode of Black Voices Matter. This is Mike Hess, and uh, of course, we are joined by uh, two co-hosts, uh, Nina and Ubaldo. Say hi, hi, guys. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Hi there. And uh, today, uh, right now, we are about to be joined with an amazing woman. Uh, I can truly have the privilege of calling friend. Uh, we've had her on the Choose Inclusion podcast before, and uh, we are just thrilled to have her leadership, her voice on today's conversation. Keisha Washington, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's really an honor to be here with y'all. And I just, I, I just want to start off with, um, how are you feeling? Yeah, that's a question, isn't it? I mean, there's so much happening right now. And um, it's interesting within our organization, we do a traffic light check. I think that y'all talked about this before. Um, so we know the, the colors of the traffic light, right? And it, it's kind of like green, you're feeling pretty okay. Yellow, uh, you know, right? Just like the traffic light. But what do you do when there are no colors on that traffic light that can really properly convey how you're feeling. And um, different ones have asked like, well, what's so different about this moment? Because unfortunately, as many have said before, what's happening in our nation and in our country is, is not anything new. So what makes it feel different right now? And I can say for me personally, that it just kind of feels like this perfect storm <laughs> right now for me of, I've never been in a moment in time in, in our nation's history like this, where I was the wife of a black man and a mom raising two black boys. Also doing the work of diversity, equity and inclusion at my organization. So I'm feeling so deeply impacted, not that I was not deeply impacted before, but it's, it's unlike anything I've felt before and <laughs> wow. Okay, y'all. I was not prepared. <laughs> I was not prepared for this moment, but uh, it's okay. We got your back. Whatever you need to say or do, it's it's okay. Okay. Um. So um, I think what really, really, you know, drove it home for me was the moment that I witnessed a black man crying out for his mama. As his life was being taken away. And as a mom of black boys, this is not the world that I want my boys to grow up in. My boys are George Floyd. My boys are Trayvon Martin. My husband is Maude Aubrey. I'm Breonna Taylor. And it's not gender, but I'm just saying, like, they are me, I am them. And so, um, whew, that's the experience. You want to understand the Black experience? That's the Black experience, okay, of knowing that you are who you see on TV, on cell phones, captured all around the world. And so it's just a really... It's a time where you have to, um, you have to gather yourself, you have to center yourself because there's so much to take in and there's so much happening. 
and the plight of of every working black person is I have to see this and then also go to work. <laughs> I have to witness this and then also gather myself, pick myself up and go do something to put food on the table. Um, and so that trauma follows you, you carry it. And if you don't have a place within your organization that feels safe, where you can go with that, you are just literally imploding. Um, it's hard to describe how to quote unquote, keep it together. And you don't have to feel like you have to, but I mean, at some point, I mean, we can, we can do all the things and feel all the emotions, but we, we do still have to carry, we have to carry on and we carry on doing this work and we carry on raising our voices. Um, we carry on grieving. We carry on with hope and joy. We carry on with a myriad of emotions, like in the same minute <laughs> sometimes, right? So it's really, really challenging sometimes when someone says, how are you? Cause it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> let me sit with the myriad of emotions that I have. Um, it's almost like that. I've seen it on social media before where it's like this flash screen and it's like flash, 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 flash. And you have to like, you know, do a screen capture and like, it's what, what's captured at that moment, right? Um, describes you or if it's a personality test or whatever it is. And that's literally like sometimes how I feel about my emotions. It's like, okay, hold on. Let me do a capture. Ah, I'm feeling hopeful. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. Let me do a capture. I feel exhausted. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? It's just, it really depends on the moment. It really depends on the day. And I think anyone who checks in on their black friends, teammates, family, whomever, just know that in this moment that they're doing the best that they can with wherever they are and know that as an ally and as a friend of, you know, uh, of someone who's checking in that you just need to sort of prepare yourself for a gamut of emotions um, that might be, you know, uh, unleashed um, and or you might get silence because also the screenshot might be, I don't feel like talking to anyone. <laughs> like that's, that's a very, very valid um, feeling as well. So, you know, that's where we are. I, um, that's where I am. Um, and I know it's not unlike many um, people in my community is that we're just, we're just doing the best that we can, you know? And sometimes we're like, we're, okay, all right. You know, we're, we're, we're in it and we're gonna, we're gonna march on. And sometimes you just, it just hits you again, like today. Like, <laughs> and thank you for this space. You know, thank you for an opportunity. And I, I know y'all, you know, I know you have my back and you're here for me and I appreciate that. And I, I hope that everyone has a place where they can go. Um, even outside of people who might look like them, you know, to, to feel that support because it's really, really important. It's the thing that honestly, when my screenshot is hope, um, those are the things that I'm really drawing from because to see so many people right now, so activated, you know, shout out to Amanda Seals because this is her phrase. She says that it, there's an eruption of consciousness right now. And I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and so that gives me hope because whatever incremental steps we're taking right now, we're taking them. Um, so it, it makes me feel super, super hopeful, super proud to see, um, gosh, white people saying, I want to be actively anti-racist. Like, do you know how huge that is? <laughs> like, that is, 
I mean, for people who may have never even said the phrase racist aloud, because, you know, there's, there's a reckoning that happens inside that is really sometimes painful and scary for folks to face when they have to confront themselves and think, you know, oh my, am I, could I be, could my, could my mom be, my dad be my friend, you know? So to see folks like standing up and raising their voices. And literally I see this and I know I'm following amazing people because this shows up on my feed, right? So it fills me so much hope to see some people say, okay, white friends, <laughs> they're like um, white people, we're talking to you, right? And I mean, pulling no punches, like do not say all lives matter. Let me help you understand why you need to be anti-racist is not a good enough for you to just say that you're not racist. And all these things are coming from you know, people who've, who've likely never put themselves in a position where they've had to think like this before. So um, that's a very long answer for how I'm doing. Um, but as you can see, just even in that moment, it's a gamut of emotions, right? Um, but overall, I, I tend to be a very hopeful, positive, faith-filled person. And so if anything, I think those things are the things that carry me in the moments when it does feel heavier because I, I do in my heart firmly believe that there is an awakening that's happening. And um, we're in the midst of a really revolutionary time in our, nature, in our, in our nation, in the world. Um, it's not just happening in the US, it's happening in the UK. It's happening, um, it's happening all over the world, really. And, um, you know, it's really powerful to, to see this movement, so. Wow, Keisha, I, um, gosh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and honesty and openness. I think <clears throat> everything you're talking about is, is are, are things that I've been hearing from other black women, like especially the stuff that you're talking about, like your family and your sons and, and what you experienced and the trauma and everything. Um, you know, I, uh, oh God, there was so much to unpack right there. I'm like, if, if you're listening to this, not on our live stream, but on our podcast, like pause right here and rewind and go back to the beginning and listen to what Keisha said for the last 15 minutes, like over and over and over again <laughs> and <laughs> internalize that. Because I think that that's exactly it just, I don't know, it, it says so much in such a short amount of time. And I think that we all need to like sit back and listen to that a couple times over. I know I will. And, and uh, as a parent, I, I, it's, it's not often I uh, get, I get pushed to tears, Keisha, but I'm, I'm crying because I can, I can feel the, the pain. Oh, y'all, I had it together. I promise I had it together before we got on this call. <laughs> um, but there is pain. There, there is pain. At the same time, there really is hope. There is hope. Um, Nita, you know, we've talked about this before. This is a marathon. Yeah. This is not a sprint. This is not like a great we're posting you know on social media hashtag blackout tuesday we win mm -hmm. <laughs> we dismantled systemic racism <laughs> um no 
right? Like it does not work that way. This is get some water, buckle up, <laughs> put on your good running shoes. Like we have a journey ahead. And so what we've done now is another reason why it feels so different is because there's just more people that have joined the race. It's one thing to like run a marathon with your people and that feels great and it's energizing. But when the world has joined the race and they signed up to, you know, and there's so many different ways that you can join, right? There are people who are donating. There are people who are reading articles and sharing resources and putting together, you know, anti-racist resources and book lists and sharing them. There are people who are out there marching and are out there peacefully protesting. And there are people who are having really, really tough conversations with their parents and grandparents, you know, or their friends, or they're, they're sliding into someone's DMs and going, you know what, that post, like really made me feel uncomfortable. And here's something, you know, like there's so many different ways to show up here. It's, a, it's amazing to see, but I think if there's anything that I would love for folks to take away is that in this generation, what we're doing right now, even though we've been working towards this for years and years, and you know what? My sons might have to continue and pick up the mantle and carry on because we really don't know like that's the thing. It's not, yes, we will do this. And then in October, <laughs> everything will be made equitable. We don't have an end date, right? So when you sign up to join the race, you just join and this is the work. And you sign up to say, I'm here and it's gonna be hard. And I have no idea what I don't know right now, but I'm willing to learn. And I'm willing to walk alongside you and make, and make change. And then also one other thing that I'd love to, you know, just speak on briefly is that there's a lot of sort of galvanization, you know, in our world and in our nation towards a greater, bigger cause. And I am absolutely not to taking anything away from that because I think that that is the key is to have all these voices raising um, in unison to make change. However, I would just like for everyone to also consider, for me, probably the, the quote unquote platform that I, I feel like I've been given is in the space of remote work, in the space of tech, where diversity and inclusion is not the, the thing that you see. Like a lot of times it's talked about, but there's still many onlys that are on lots of teams. And so, Yes, it's great to, to mobilize everyone toward a cause and a mission. Um, I also just want to encourage everyone to look internally and realize that there is a cause and a mission within your organization that you also want to pay very close attention to. And so I don't know how this might come across, but this is what came to me. So I'm just gonna say it and hopefully try to, to clarify it. But you can't be all like Black Lives Matter in the street and on social, you know, um, outside of your organization and then be of a mindset of all lives matter within your organization. And what does that mean? Well, 
for anyone who understands the difference between saying Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, a lot of people will think, well, it's not really inclusive. I mean, you're targeting one group of people and you're being very, you know, um, exclusive, if you will, and you really should open up and understand that all lives matter. And to that, there's so many different responses to that, but the one that probably like really hit home with me the most is, um, I, I've seen it, this is not mine, but I've seen this on social media that people say, well, people that say, you can't say black lives matter, you should say all lives matter. Do they also go to like a cancer rally and walk for breast cancer and go, but all diseases matter? Or do you walk for breast cancer, mm-hmm. right? Um, the awareness and the attention that you put on one thing does not take away from the validity of the other. So what we need to do even within our organizations is understand that if you are our leader in your organization and you haven't had a conversation with the black people at your organization, it's a great place to start because their lives matter, right? Um, there's also a really great meme that is floating around you can like Google it and, and find it I'm sure anywhere Um, but it really shows the difference between equality equity and justice and so what we're talking about here within the organization on this wonderful platform of choose inclusion is that within your organization equality is the same as saying all lives matter right it's saying everyone gets the same this meme is kind of like you know, there's people behind a fence and some people are at different heights. And so equality is give everybody a box, one box. Well, that's great for the person that's already tall, but for the person who's in a wheelchair or for the person that's not very tall, that still doesn't get them over the fence to see what they need to see, right? So so we don't necessarily need to be equal. We need to be equitable. So what's equitable? Well, that is the tall person might not actually really need a box. So giving them a box is actually giving them more than what they need, right? Which is what we would also call privilege. So if you can already see over the fence, you're good. All right, so then there might be somebody who's not very tall who needs two boxes. Is that being unfair? No, they're short. (laughs) They need two boxes to see over the fence. And the person who's in a wheelchair, um, they need a ramp built. Is that being unfair to the other people because you didn't build them a ramp? Or is it being accommodating to the person who has a different need, right? And so that's equity, is making the playing field fair based on everyone's individual needs. And so the next step is justice. Just move the freaking fence. (laughs) Like we won't have these issues and just figure out what the root of the problem is and just move that barrier out of the way. But at a minimum, let's talk about equity. Let's not talk about giving everyone exactly the same thing because not everyone comes from the same background, has the same experiences, is dealing with the same issues. Let's talk about equity and then let's work our way towards justice. And in the world, we're working towards justice. And I think it's great when companies are rallying around the cause of the world, but let's not let the focus of what we're doing in the entire, and, and I say this not to say, don't do that work. And I hope I'm not being, misunderstood because that's absolutely powerful and please continue that work in whatever way you show up and I mentioned some of those prior there's lots of ways but also if you're someone in your organization who has the power to make a difference then let's also look at how we can make our organizations equitable um, and then work towards justice in those frameworks as well I I 
So love it, Keisha, because unfortunately, one of the primary tools of uh, oppression has been economic, financial, and uh, we just know based on statistics alone, just how uh, marginalized uh, people of color, black people specifically are within, uh, call it the Fortune 1000 space. And so I, I love the fact that you're bringing, um, you know, that. So it, it, it can't just be a social media thing. It can't just be, and, and these, those are great vehicles to leverage. But at the end of the day, how you start getting everybody, uh, you start creating more parity is through financial means and economic means. So I love that you're talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's something to, to keep in mind because it's the thing that, I think a lot of, of us in the black community are sort of watching and waiting for right now. You know, it's that thing of like, is this lip service? Is it performative? Are you hopping on the bandwagon? Is this trending now to say black lives matter or do they really matter, right? Are you doing it because you wanna look good or you wanna be good? Do you wanna be a different person? Do you wanna, do you wanna become a better human being and treat humans <laughs> with humanity? Okay, so we're gonna have to walk this out and we're going to have to see where this goes with time and we're going to have to break this down to baby steps and i and i think the next piece is we have to realize that it's it's we're at a place where we have to walk 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 and work um together right so um as someone in the black community i, I my personal feeling is that I, I can't look at you know white people and say okay we've had these conversations for generations upon generations you know what to do just get it together, okay? Like hire more black people, <laughs> um, make your organization, like that's a really easy thing to say, but at the same time, I think we have to realize that um, we have to continue having these conversations. This is not something that was brought upon us overnight. It's not something that we will overcome overnight, but we can, as, as we've saying, um, uh, the, the old Negro spiritual, I didn't know I was going to go there, but it came to me. Um, I mean, we, we, we can overcome it. I believe we shall overcome it, but it won't be, um, without us working together. And one other thing, one other thing I want to say, so when it comes to having the conversations, right, what does it really look like to have a conversation with someone when you don't share their experience? Well, you might want to not talk over them. And I just wanna highlight this piece because I had a situation where that happened to me and I'm actually gonna to have to go back to my team and be like, I'm sorry. And what this means is um, if someone is saying this is their experience, don't negate that by saying it wasn't your intention for them to have that experience. And the example I have is that we put some community and I'm super proud of my my company right now like some things are happening internally right now that I've I've never seen before at any other organization and one of the things is that we really um put out some communications about Black Lives Matter and what that means and why it's important to not say all lives matter and one of the things we said was you know saying all lives matter is tone deaf and it's metaphorically the same as someone being musically tone deaf when they don't hear the nuances of the music. So I thought that that was fine to convey a message of just saying like, please don't say this until I was on Twitter and someone from the deaf community said, oh, hey, and by the way, everyone who was saying tone deaf, could you please stop that? Because that is my lived experience. 
So let's stand up for one without oppressing the other. Now, in my mind, that was absolutely not my intention, right? It wasn't a message that I put out on social media. It was just an internal communication to really communicate a point of, hey, folks, make sure that you don't say all lives matter. But guess what? Saying tone deaf, or in some instances saying colorblind, is someone else's lived experience that they're also raising their voice and saying, could you not say that? So speaking over someone means, okay, Keisha, I am gonna take this experience of this person who is deaf, who says that I would prefer you not use this term, and I'm gonna now change and go, I will do better. I didn't mean it that way, right? And so when you're having conversations with your black teammates and they say, this is my experience, don't say I didn't mean to do that. Don't say that wasn't my intention. Say, I, I will do better, right? Because you cannot negate the experience of a person who is, is telling you this is what they're experiencing just because you haven't experienced it or you're not a part of that community. And I think if we can get to that understanding, we'll be able to have, we'll be able, we'll be able to further our conversations and you'll be able to actively listen and hear someone when they're saying that this is, this is where I am. So that's really important. I mean, yeah, go out and talk to people in your, in your organizations, but if you're going to talk to them, you have to listen. And that's going to, that's going to cause you to put aside some things that you thought you did well and you intended to do well and realize that you're gonna have to make some changes. So we're all in this to grow and learn together. It's okay to say you made a mistake, but once you realize, as Maya Angelou says, you know better, you do better. Do you? <laughs> There's the little one. <laughs> there is, yes. That's Spider-Man, everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, do, do you think, do you think there, there is enough to truly change? You know, and I think about the, the space that we were all in, how we met, right? Diversity and inclusion. Um, and the, the work that organizations have been doing, Nina always talks about, you know, the performative nature of that though. And, and you know, how much of that is, how much of that is, is really truly change, right? Or as opposed to a PR, you know, press release. Um, do you think right now um, that we're that this is this is enough? Like to 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 see that to see it change from just performative to true change, like companies really building true inclusive workplaces. That's a good question. That's a really good question. And I think, um, I think that in times like these, it's very easy for folks to say, well, time will tell. Um, but I'm a firm believer that it's really not the time, like the time can pass with us doing nothing or the same thing. And we, we still don't get anywhere. It's really what the people do with the time that passes, that's gonna make the difference, right? And it actually reminds me of um, a video that I saw circulating around um, Instagram recently. It's 
it, it was from years ago. It was the Oprah Winfrey show from like the 90s. And um, there's a school teacher named Jane Elliott. If y'all haven't heard of her, um, definitely look her up because she's got some amazing um, teachings and, and videos out there. But her experiment on blue eyes and brown eyes is, is so compelling. And why do I say this um, in the context of like what the people do at the time is because in this experiment, she separated people who had blue eyes and brown eyes. And the people who had blue eyes, she gave them a green collar. And the people who had brown eyes, she treated them very intentionally different and better than the people with blue eyes. And so there's a conversation and people were sort of saying like, well, the people with, you know, brown eyes were being mean to us. And, and you could really see like over time in this conversation that they were starting to identify with, I'm brown eyed, I'm better. And I'm blue eyed and I've been discriminated against, right? And so as time went on, they realized that this conversation was really not about blue and brown eyes, that it was about race. And there was a gentleman who had taken off his green collar and Jane said, you know, I wanna address this because from a distance, I wouldn't know that you had blue or brown eyes, but I would see your collar. And then I would know, okay, he, he has blue eyes, but you just took it off. And people with black and brown skin don't have the luxury, the privilege of just taking it off. So it's something that they have to live with each and every day. And you need to understand what that feels like. And you never will still really know, but, you, but now you're sort of getting a little bit of a, of a better understanding. Well, there was this person who raised his hand and this isn't a, a religious, uh, uh, um, you know, comment or anything, but he said, um, well, God made every, every race. So we're always going to have race. It's always going to be an issue and it just is what it is. And Jane's response was just so powerful. She said, um, God made one race, the human race, and we created racism. So I say that in the context of what the people do with the time is going to make the change. Because if we created it, what if we created a different narrative? I mean, and I know that sounds like probably so po Pollyanna and so like, yeah, that sounds like you just create a different narrative, but you know what? The media does it every day. And they do it specifically many, many times against black and brown people. So if we know we have the power to create something new. I think that's the thing, like, yes. So I guess to answer that question, you'd be, I would say, yes, we have it because the power is within us. We're the, we're the people, people created it. We can dismantle it and we can create something new. Now, what is it gonna take to do that? I wish I had the answer. Cause I would be like, do this <laughs> and it would be done, right? But I do know that the power is with us. And so what we're seeing right now with everyone sort of activating and like raising their voices is a step. And I think we have to recognize steps. We have to recognize incremental change. We have to recognize, um, you know, as, as, as Joe mentioned when I chatted with him before about allyship, you know, micro steps. We have to recognize these things. And I think the more we take those, those steps, and we just keep going, right? Like no matter where you are, just keep going. This is not something where you go, okay. I mean, I guess you could, but at the end of the day, we won't get anywhere if you, you know, sign up for the race and then go, whoo, I'm tired. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna run anymore. Like you have to sign up to be in it and you have to stay in it. 
until, right? Because we don't we don't know what that end is going to look like. Um, I just love to share a quote that a good friend and colleague of mine, um, who was a powerful black woman in her own right, shared on her Instagram, and she said, "Some are posting on social media. Some are pro protesting in the streets." Some are donating silently, some are educating themselves, some are having tough conversations with friends and family. A revolution has many lanes. Just keep your foot on the gas. Wow. What a, that's a powerful, powerful quote for us to end on. And Keisha, we could talk to you for hours, hours, my gosh. It's a shame that, you know, we have to wrap it up just because you know, our podcasts typically aren't an hours and hours long thing, but maybe we should do a, you know, you and Mike, what do you think about doing a special episode where we just talk to Keisha for like five hours? <laughs> I mean, we do a road trip and socially distance yeah. and, and make it all happen. Like, <laughs> That's a great idea. Well, thank you, Keisha, so much for joining us today. Thank you for everything you said, both the vulnerability, the openness and the actions that people can take. I feel like there's so much that everyone can walk away from from this conversation today. So thank you again. Oh, thank you. Thank y'all for holding you're, space. Thank you for creating this platform. Thank you for having me. You're such a leader, Keisha. I'm honored to know you. Oh, that means so much to me, Mike. Thank you. So thank you everyone thank you, for joining us on our uh, Black Voices Matter series. Uh, we're gonna continue to do this uh, every day um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, so you can continue to listen to um, our podcast on our chooseinclusion.com website um, where you can also uh, get a recording of this live session and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks everybody. <laughs>